Hi, and welcome to season five of Business Book Talk. Hope you're going to enjoy this new season. I'm really excited about it. I'm sure you will really enjoy some of the books that we have planned. So let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody, it's Bob here again, and I've got FU Money. Make as much money as you damn well want and live your life as you damn well please. I've got Dan, the man, lock on the line. Dan, thanks for coming on. Well, Bob, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share uh, my book and my story with the audience. Before we jump too much into the book and, and, and how to use it and all that type of stuff, what motivated you to, to write the book? Why did you think this book needed to exist? Well, Bob, I just like you, I have a passion uh, for books. I love reading books. I love writing books. I've got over 2,000 books in my, in my library. Uh, so books themselves have a huge impact in, in my uh, in my personal life, in my business life. I wrote my first book when I was uh, 22 years old, never gave it too much thought. And this has been, so a few money, it's not my, it's definitely not my first book. And I wrote that book uh, about four or five years ago when I arrived at the place, because when I got into business, I started my first business when I was in high school. Uh, and I've been always been very entrepreneurial, had a lot of a lot of failure, massive failures, actually failed at 13 companies before having my first success. And when I arrived at that place, and when I started in business, I have this dream, I have this goal, because I wanted to take care of my mom. My, my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16 years old. And I wanted to be financially free. I wanted to be financially independent. And when I got there, finally, uh, actually took two months off and kind of retire at a very early age. And and that two months, I thought to myself, Bob, you know, I'll never work again. I'll never do anything again. Don't bother me. I won't. I won't start another business. Uh, and I promised myself I wouldn't do that. And in two months, I remember every single day. Uh, I was summertime. I went to English Bay in Vancouver. I would just sit on the beach and I would, you know, drink and a little beer and and, and you know watch this the sun goes up, sun goes down. After a few days of those, first day was pretty cool. Uh, after a few days of those, I'm like, no, this is this is not that much fun. And and I was watching, you know, renting like DVDs. I was watching about five or six movies a day. And after a few days of those, that wasn't too much fun. And finally I got, got this idea. You know what? I'm going to write another book. I'm going to this, this time, I'm going to do it differently. This time, I'm going to share uh, in an almost no bullshit, uh, pull no punches kind of way, exactly, truly what it takes to be successful and what it takes to be financially free. And that's why then at the time I, I wrote a book, F You Money, and, and people sometimes look at a book, well, Dan, do you mean like foo money? Is it – Tofu money is what does it mean? No, it's exactly what you think it means, um, and and there there are, that's that's basically what motivates. And if you think about it, at the time, uh, because I've read so many books, when you go into a a let's say a bookstore, there are many different types of. And Bob, you've interviewed a lot of different authors, of course. Uh, many different types of business books or or success books in the li- in, in library or in bookstore and I'm sure you've read a lot of them I've read a lot of them uh, there are basically three different types of books I believe the first set of books are what I call the the, the touchy feely new age prosperity type stuff in the self-help section okay and the challenge the problem with those books is 
the 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 authors whoever are teaching prosperity and 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 you know you visualize and you do affirmations and all this stuff and uh, law of attraction and you know you sit there you chant money falls on your lap right well if you actually meet a lot of these gurus prosperity gurus in person guess what they're broke they've got no money but they will tell you that well you know what that's okay because you know they are, they are, they're rich spiritually, and that's okay, and that's okay. But how can they teach you about prosperity when they have no prosperity themselves? Now, to me, uh, it's okay to disagree with me, but to me, prosperity, true prosperity means, to me, being rich in all areas of your life. That includes your, your, your home life, your love life, your family life, your health, friends, friend, you know, fun, your vacations, and money, yes. Includes financial as well. So that's the first set of books. Second set of books is what I believe is the motivational psychobabble. That's when I talk about they teach you, you know, you think positively and and you, you know you lock yourself in a room and you tell yourself, you know, I'm successful, I'm I'm, I'm powerful, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be uh, make a lot of money. And and, and these motivational gurus, uh, they tell you that when you feel good about yourself, you make a lot of money. But that hasn't been my experience because when I followed those suggestions, when I was doing affirmations, when I was doing visualizations, when I was reading a lot of these, I, w I was motivated, <laughs> I was determined, but I wasn't successful. So that wasn't it. Afterwards, I've learned that it's the opposite. I believe if you make a lot of money, you feel pretty damn good about yourself. Uh, so it's about results. And then the third set of books are the people who have done it. The people, the Bill Gates, the Steve Jobs, uh, Richard Branson, those type of books. Those books I think you should, you should read uh, by the guys who have been there and done that and still continue to do it. Um, those type of books um, I like. I love reading those type of books. So I want to kind of, kind of run and write a book about uh, what I feel, what's going on in the business world, what works for me. Again, my journey is mine alone, but what works for me. And, and hopefully what will work for the other readers as well. Mm. You know, it's interesting. I, I put down uh, in your chatting and, you know, you're an incredibly motivated person. Um, what I wanted to talk about is do you think the fear of um, failure, the fear, the fear of uh, the way people perceive you is a fundamental flaw that uh, makes it impossible for some people to be successful? I think it's uh, – well, I've met a lot of people. I've coached a lot of different entrepreneurs. Uh, I believe you have a percentage that they have this fear. They're afraid of They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of making mistakes. Well, and I don't blame them. It's because we've been conditioned since a, a young age. Bob, you know, when we go to school, uh, if you make a lot of mistakes, you fail the class. You don't graduate. Uh, in the business world, uh, if you fail, it's called testing. <laughs> and so in, in school, when you work with a classmate, and I think when you're doing an exam and you kind of talk to the person next to you, hey, buddy, can you, you know, share your, you know, what, what do you think of this, this question? No, it's called cheating. Uh, in, in business world, it's called cooperation. It's called teamwork. So at, at a young age, we've been conditioned to, to, be, to not make mistakes, to not fail, and to to not try new things. So it's not their fault, but it's, it's just a school system. That's how we've been taught how to do that. Um, but more commonly, Bob, I actually find, I find that most people are actually afraid of success more than failure. Mm. 
Now, why is that? What what is so terrifying about success? Because the unknown. Because for most people, um, and I talk this about I talk about this in my book that. A lot of people, they don't, again, they don't realize it, but a lot of people, they self-sabotage. They're addicted to their struggles. Some people, example, let me give you an example. Some people are in debt. A lot of people are in debt. And they talk about, if you ask anyone who's in debt, you ask them the question, would you like to pay off your debt? And they will say, absolutely. I don't want this debt to hand over. You know, I, absolutely, I, I want to pay off my debt. But if you have to dig deep and you talk to them, at least you'll find out that they know they're comfortable, they're in the comfort zone, that they know how to be in debt, they know how to struggle. But when you actually become successful, things change, your friends change, you change, and your environment changes, and people might not like you so much anymore. So a lot of these stuff that's going on that and people are afraid, they don't know, at least they know in the comfort zone, they know how to struggle, they know what it's like, but when you become successful, they don't know what that is like. They don't know if they could handle it. So I found that, especially also for ladies, um, I tell them, if you, we come, when you become successful, your friends will change. You'll get some new friends. You might not hang out with the friends that you've been hanging out since high school anymore because you can't afford to. So a lot of people don't like that. Hmm. You know, you, you use a very good uh, term there, comfort zone, and uh, that's just plain old lazy, is people that, are in an incredibly terrible situation. They're struggling, but they're comfortable with that. How can you break out of the comfort zone? How can you get out of the rut? How can you build your psychological ladder to put up against that rut and climb out? I think first, Napoleon Hill talks about that in his, in his first chapter in the book, um, desire. First of all, they have to want it. Nobody can, can force upon them to, to push out of the comfort zone. And if they want it, I believe people change for one of the two reasons, either motivation or desperation. So with me, I got into business because uh, I was – let me share a story with you. I was making minimum wage in a grocery supermarket, and that was the only job I've ever had in my life. Because I had to take care of my mom, and I was working in a local supermarket, and I was stocking cans, cleaning toilets, all the stuff, making minimum wage. And one day, my boss walks in, and I was working there for about a year, a year back then. And I, my boss walks in, the manager walks in, and was yelling at me. He was saying, "You know, you're lazy, you're stupid, you you dirty rotten, good for nothing. You'll never accomplish anything in your life." I don't know about you. I mean, I was very a young, very young age, and that had a deep effect on me. Because right now, as I'm talking, I can still vividly remember what his face looked like. Right now, and I said to myself, and then you know what? And I walked up, and I said, "Hey!" And he was yelling, yelling, pointing finger at me. And I said, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" Then at the end, I said, "Fuck you," <laughs> and I walked out, and I quit the job. And that's how kind of the title came to be. It's make enough money that you can, you can do what you want, work with who you want and when you want, and you don't have to, you don't have to please anybody. So when I walked out and I said to myself, no way, never, ever, I want to put myself in that situation where I got humiliated, I was embarrassed, the people yelling at me like that. I said, no way, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be so successful. This never happens again. So it was 
uh, coming from. You could say um, anger. You could say it's it's the embarrassment. It is the uh, it is the the desperation that I have to do something that I have to change that I don't want to go back to that place anymore. So I just found that sometimes desperation works better than most people. Something unfortunately, something drastic happens, something dramatic happens, something unfortunate happens in their life then people change. Or, on the other hand, they're inspired, they're motivated, they wanted to to be somebody, they wanted to, to make something out of themselves, then also that's when they change. Until that happens, they always stick, stay in the comfort zone. Hmm. You know what, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you were t- you describing that guy talking to you, I think what he was doing is he was just reflecting how he felt about himself. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and looking back, uh, that's how I kind of Got started, and it's. But I'm not saying it's healthy. It's not healthy because <laughs> because um, in the early age when I was, let's say the first the first phase, you could say in, in my business career, I was I was ruthless. I was extreme. I was rude. Uh, you can see even in the book, the book, a few money, the book I wrote that again f- five years ago. Um, today, if you meet me in person, I'm very, I'm a very different person than when I wrote the book five years ago. And people say I'm, I'm a giant, uh, gen, gen, you know, more gentle and kinder than I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm different. I think differently. Back then, I was seeking approval. I was seeking that I need to show everybody that I'm successful. I want to, I want to prove to anybody who doubted me. That was my motivation. When I got there, that changed. Well, okay, I just want to jump on that because, you know, I think that's a fundamental thing right there. Seeking approval is motivation. You get to a pinnacle, and and this is something I, I think the listeners have to understand. That there's no such thing as a top. It's that you have to find your comfort zone for success. And so you, you've been driven. You start with anger. Then it's approval. You get to a pinnacle, and you're at the top of a mountain, and you're looking around, and there's a fundamental shift in the, in the way you look at reality. How did that shift uh, affect your day-to-day life? Wow, good question. When when I got there, it's funny because at a time I, when I was making money, I was always getting a new car every year just to show off. I want people to see my success. I want people to see you know how you know as a young guy you know I'm an immigrant and and I got beat up in school I just want I don't know that, that there's a need in, in in within me that I, I needed that maybe it's part of insecurity uh, but then when I when I arrived I found out that and this is this is this you know my my, my Jenny would know my wife my girlfriend back then that one day as I was just sitting at home and I felt this this I guess you could say it's a little bit depressed, but I wasn't very. I was very sad, and I was just sitting there. And my Jenny came came over to me and said, "What's what's going on, honey? What's what? Why are you so sad? What's going on? What's happening?" And I said to Jenny, "I said, I don't know. I said I worked so hard, and now we have you know we have a nice home. We have the we have a good lifestyle. We take vacations, but something is missing in me. How come I'm not happy?" How come I'm so depressed? What's going on? And I found out I have kind of mastered the, the science of achievement, but I have not learned the, the art of fulfillment. 
that I was focusing on myself. I was so focusing on on all these years. They're focusing, you know, Dan making the money, uh, and and it's about me. It's 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 ego, quite frankly. Uh, it's about me. It's a me me being successful. Didn't care who I hurt, uh, and I'm not proud to admit it. That I I didn't know. Uh, and when I got there, something was missing. Then I shift. Then I shift. Because by both mom and dad, my mom like it's been uh, like a volunteer for her whole life. My both mom and dad are, are very very giving people. They have a lot of friends. My mom is the kind of person that uh, it's almost like an angel. She can go like any place, and she would be friends with everyone. Like she would go to the food court, go to the supermarket. After a few weeks, she would everybody would know her. She would know everybody. That's that's her gift. And I found that how come I'm not happy because. Uh, Apple doesn't fall far from the trees. <laughs> I, I am actually a lot like my mom and dad, but because through business, through learning from other role models, business tough businessmen, I thought that's who I needed to be to be successful, and I was successful. And but then it's not who I am, Bob. It's not who I am. So then I found a, a new way. To, to run business, to do what I do, that I focus on way, way more on contribution, on on adding value, on on helping others. On example, a very simple example. At first, my first goal, my first financial goal, uh, at the early age was I want to be a millionaire. Period. When I got that, then when I made the shift, the mental shift, then my focus is no longer on that. My focus is on helping my business partner to become millionaires. But the funny thing is, Bob. As a result, I actually make more money as a result and become more successful, more fulfilled because of that mental shift. That I'm focusing on contribution. I'm focusing on helping other people. I'm focusing on adding value versus is always the dollar first. Uh, but funny thing is, that money comes in faster, easier. Well, I think you see you see that you know a lot of the books I've read uh, about uh, entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs. You know, you kind of go through that very similar story where, you know, they struggled when they were younger. They came from a hard background. Uh, even if they we were very lucky, they still had to struggle like everybody in reality. And uh, then they become successful. And then they have this, this moment where, oh, I'm successful financially, but I really f- am not fulfilled like you mentioned. And then when they start really doing what they feel in their heart, um, using that pinnacle as a jumping off point and not worrying that they're going to crash into the valley but they actually end up flying and doing amazing things and running into a bunch of other people that are doing the same thing in the world yeah i couldn't have said it better this is exactly what happened to me so i think for most people that dream of just being financially secure is such an impossible thing to do that they cannot understand that that is just the first step the first part of uh, your life journey. And if you wait until you're 40 or 50 or 60 to do that, well, great. But just do it. Get to that pinnacle so that you can jump off and actually do the things you're supposed to do in life, which is help people. And if you help people, you end up helping yourself. And I, I say to most people that if you think in terms of 
most people don't become financially free. I believe it's because they don't have, they don't want it bad enough. Number one, number two is they don't have that sense of urgency. And so let me give you that sense of urgency. If you think in terms of most people, on average, let's say we live until we're 80 years old. Maybe with you know medical advances, everything, we might live until 100 years old. But let's say take average 80 years old. Uh, one third of your life, you will waste it, sleeping and all that stuff. Okay, and you think in terms of when we the first 18, 20 years of life, we're going to school, we we are we were we are growing up, uh, we we are pretty much determined. We're dictated by our parents what you need to do. You go to school, you, you do this, you do that. So that 20 years is gone. So And then one-third of your life is on sleeping. So that's gone. Um, and if you start a business, if you go to get uh, join the workforce, the first few years you're developing your skills, you're making mistakes, you're learning from your mistakes, hopefully, and, and you're developing your network. So if you think about it, you actually don't have a lot of time. If you actually calculate... Forget all the time most people waste it because most people, they watch way too much TV. They waste too much time on stuff that doesn't matter, on activities that don't matter. Uh, but let's pretend you are productive and you are focused and you are you have a vision, you, you are driven. You actually just have, if you actually sit down and calculate, less than five, seven years to make this happen. Actual working time. Hmm. It's not a lot of time, dude. It's not a lot of time. And if not even included, if you actually... Uh, make an investment or start a business and you you, you and, and that fails and you, you need some time to come back forget about that stuff so you don't have a lot of time so I don't get it when people kind of take it easy and 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 don't not have that sense of urgency I said hey man you don't have a lot of time what are you doing how can you watch four hours of TV every day I don't get it I just don't get it Let's dig into the book. Is this type of book that you can jump around in or should we you know, be reading it from cover to cover and then jump around? Uh, I believe it, you should read it cover to cover because one thing flows to another. Uh, and, and when you read the book, you see I'm just kind of like almost I'm having just conversation with you, share with you what I know. Uh, you might not like what I have to say in the book, but I promise you if you actually apply them in your life and try them out, try them emphasize and see if they work for you. I believe you'll be more successful and get more results in life as a result. So I believe cover to cover, uh, and I believe it's a book that you, you, you want to use. With, throughout the book, I have different assignments that you have. I call, I call them the FU assignments that you would actually use the book. You write down stuff. You can highlight. You can uh, write on the book. I would, I would recommend to use the book. Don't, you, don't just read the book passively and put it on a shelf. Use the book. Mm. So it should, the, the more, in fact, you know, if you go to a person's house and you, uh, hey, have you read the FU Money? <laughs> and said, yes, great, can I take a look at the book? If that book's shiny and new and not looking dog-eared, they haven't got not the book. Not happy. <laughs> not happy. If it's all like dog-eared, it's, it's like got highlight, got stuff, looks written in within, makes me happy. <laughs> um, what's your favorite part of the book? I would say is um, the part where I talked about the, well, some of the stuff I've already alluded to, but I think it's focus. One of, one of the chapters I talk about, most people, uh, the, even entrepreneurs or, or startup entrepreneurs or just average people, they, they want to make money and a lot of time they, they jump from one thing to another. 
that they lack focus. They try to do a little bit of that. They want to make money on like say internet marketing, and then they jumped into something else, and then they, they, a friend talked them into doing something else, and, and they jumped around, and and they don't focus. When it takes time, it's almost like this. The analogy I use is this: that let's say we know we 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 are on an oil field, and we say, you know what, this oil underneath. We know we don't know where, we don't know how deep, but there's oil underneath. Okay, great. Let's drill. And then you drill, and then you drill, and then after about two days, you say, you know what? There's no oil in here. Let's jump to another place and drill a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And then drill another ten days. You know what? There's no oil here. Let's give up and let's go to another third place and, and drill. Versus if you just focus and you keep drilling and drilling and drilling and go deeper and deeper and deeper, and then finally you you will strike oil. So I believe wealth is committing to one idea over time. Wealth is committing to one idea over time. And most people don't commit. They don't commit, again, goes back to they're afraid of success or they're afraid of failure. Uh, and they self-sabotage. So they can't focus. They have this entrepreneurial ADD. Uh, when they should just focus and do one thing. And just like Bob, you do the interview and you've done it for f- almost five seasons now. You just keep doing it. You keep doing it in consistency. You keep doing it. And if you think in terms of life, forget about business. How do you master something? You do the same thing. It's total immersion. It's consistency. It's repetition. You want to learn how to how to play guitar. You want to learn how to take you know photograph. You don't just Bob. You don't just teach someone to to take photograph. You know what? Just take a couple pictures, take a couple weeks, and you'll learn it. It doesn't work that way. I mean, Bob, how long it took you to hone your craft to be a such a great photographer? Think about it. Yeah, a lot of exposures, dude. How many hours? Oh, how many years? How many years? How many years? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. And most people they say they want to get rich quick. They want to. And I'm not saying you cannot get rich quick. Sometimes you could, but that's not your focus. I'm saying I'm not advocate of get rich quick. I believe in get rich smart. Um, I believe in educating yourself, uh, getting mentors, uh, you know, getting education, learning from your mistakes, and, and taking massive action. So, uh, with that said, focus. I think focus is the, my, one of my favorite part of the of the book. <laughs> now, uh, I wanted to talk to you about. Um Anecdotes, and you got like a million anecdotes. I've been to a couple of your seminars, and uh, they're just full of great anecdotes. For the average business person that you know they've got their business or they're managing their business and they're trying to push it forward, can you tell us an anecdote that will help them push to the next level, push through uh, a negative state, or or um, get motivated to to move forward? Because you know we're this is uh, we're. 2014, it's going to be 2015. This is a primary time to start focusing. You've got these big holidays coming up. What happens January 15th? Are you going to, you know, are you going to be out of that gate going a million miles an hour? Or are you going to be suffering? So I think today in, you know, in, in December, that's when you've got to start thinking about stuff like that. So what's an anecdote that's going to help people get to that speed? I would say it's it's business it's it's uh, business is not fair. The world is not fair, uh, and what determines your results, I believe, ultimately, any entrepreneur. I don't care what what you do, what industry you're in, or what business you're in. Ultimately, it's determined by how we use our time. So, if you think in terms of it that way, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett doesn't matter. Dan Locke does, doesn't matter. Donald Trump. We all we all it's very fair. We all have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
So it's how we use that time. I don't know if people know it. Donald Trump sleeps, sleeps only four hours a day. Wow. Only four hours a day. If you read his book, The Art of War, you look at his schedule. He works about almost 19, 20 hours a day every day. Almost never takes vacations. That's Donald Trump. Most people, guess what? Even when they're working nine to five, they are probably focused work maybe a couple hours a day. <laughs> and they take their extended long lunch <laughs> and they kind of looking at the clock and they want to go home early, this and that. I mean, it, it, it is work. So I think for most entrepreneurs of the people, high performance people, they, they want to make this year, next year, the best year ever. I think how you use ultimately, how you use your time ultimately determines how much money you make. And, and most people, they waste time on stuff that they shouldn't do. And most, a lot of people agree, disagree with me. If you mow your own lawn, it's costing you money. Uh, if you think in terms of how much money you want to make and how much your hour has to be worth, and then in the book, I actually go through the exercise. If you want to make $100,000 a year, you want to make half a million dollars a year, you calculate that and you determine your each hour that you work has to be producing X amount of dollars. So your hourly rate is if you are spending your time on minimum wage work, mowing the lawn, washing the dishes, and, and doing all this stuff that typical household would do, well, it's very difficult for you to focus on business and, and produce revenue for your company. Because oh, all your time is it's wasted on doing this stuff. I believe you know, rich people, we, 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 we value time, and poor people, they, they value stuff. So I think how you use your time is extremely critical for an entrepreneur. And it's, we're talking about time management. We're talking about energy management. We're talking about focus on the field, not the many. We're, focusing, we're, we're talking about 80-20, focusing on this, the activities that produce 80% of the results. All those things. All those things. Well, you know, you, you brought it up uh, several times, and, and Donald Trump definitely uses it, and that's uh, the magic world schedule. How critical is it that you should account for almost every hour of the day in a written down schedule? Yeah, it's extremely critical. Um, I use again. I do the same thing. I, I, I time block, time blocking. So I time block with myself. Example: I have an interview with Bob. I block the time. After this, I block an hour to to work on work on my business, and then after that, so I you know, and then between that to what time to what time I'm gonna have lunch, and then between what time to what time. So uh, time blocking and how you manage your time, because what gets measured gets improved. I think most people will be stunned. They will be shocked if they actually measure their time and they measure, you know, block out again four hours of TV and, <laughs> and three hours for this. And, and they, they notice they actually during the day, they're very busy uh, and busyness is a form of laziness. Uh, they're very busy, but actually don't get anything done. Uh, and I think most people will be shocked if they actually follow Donald Trump for, for a day, how much he accomplishes. Uh, I, I think they would be shocked. Well, I, you know, I, and I think that it's all about momentum. You know, it's, it takes 80% of your energy to get the momentum up and get rolling, whatever, regardless of what you're trying to accomplish. And if you continue to roll forward, then after uh, a day, you only need 20% to keep going. And then, so you only need that 20% of motivation, not 80% motivation. You only need 20% of energy, not 80% of the energy. It's just the inertia that keeps you going. And a lot of people, they'll spend a ton of time and energy getting started and then stop. And then for them to get started again, it's almost impossible. And I think that's one of the big failings of a lot of business books is that they say, uh, 
there's no follow-up. There's no exercises. There's no things that's going to drive them that 20% every day, 20% every day just to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, and, and I believe in, in massive action. You just take massive, massive action. Whatever, again, people are afraid of failure, people are afraid of success, but also sometimes they have the wrong expectation. Example would be, let's say you know you want to accomplish a certain task. Well, let's use you know, weight loss as an example. Let's say you want to lose, you, you got to, let's say you want to get a six pack. And you say, I'm going to get a six pack by the summertime. So I look good. Okay, great. And you set a goal and you say, you know what, I'm going to do, go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym once a week. And I'm going to do, you know, some, you know, 20 minutes of ab exercise. Cool. Uh, and then after three months, you see very little result, And you wonder what's wrong and mo- what do most people do, Bob? Yeah, they give up, man. Yeah. And why is that? Because the expectation they have in the beginning is wrong. Because what it takes to get to that six-pack six app, it's not one day a week going to the gym for 20 minutes. So if you actually have the right expectation, let's say whatever you want to accomplish, you almost in your mind predict it's going to be 10 times more difficult. It's going to require 10 times more effort to get there. What the, the amount of effort that you would put in would change. Now you will not say, you know, just to guarantee what, what it's going to take to get the six-pack app, first of all, I'm going to get on a very strict diet. I'm not going to eat, you know, let's say sugar, this and that. And then, no, I don't go to the gym for once a week. I'm going to go to the gym four days a week, minimum. Instead of working out for 20 minutes, I'm going to work out for an hour and a half. The chances of you getting a six-pack app is a lot higher. And you don't get disappointed because you know it's going to be tough. You know it's going to take 10 times more effort. You know, you know you're know you going to struggle. You know there will be disappointments. It's expected. You have the right expectation. And maybe it doesn't take four times uh, a week. Maybe it only takes two times a week. But now you don't get disappointed. And you get there faster and easier. Not easier. I shouldn't say that. But you get there faster and you don't get disappointed and you don't give up. So – I think it's managing the expect your expectation. Well, you know what? Um, I'm going to counter that. It is easier because you're make you're pushing so hard that by the time you realize you're getting there, you're already there, and he, and you're in your eyes says, "Oh, geez, that wasn't that hard," and you get this confidence of success, and and that I think is a huge fundamental difference. Like, okay, for me, it's it's ironic you decide to talk about six packs. For me, I wanted to lose some weight. I went into the gym uh, this time last year, and I I said, "How much does it cost?" Uh, for me to take a year, and they said, you know, this much money. I said, great, boom. And I put the cash down on the table and said, I'll take a year. And they said, no, 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 it's only by months. No, take all my money. Take it now. I can't afford this. Here's all my money. Take it now because it's forcing me to go to that gym. And then I try and go every single day for one hour, every single day. Now, every week I fail at going every single day. I go five times a week, sometimes four. But if I know that uh, I have to go seven days a week and I go four days a week, I'm on my ass at, God, Bob, get it together. Compared to somebody that goes once a week and they, oh, well, I forgot to go last week. Seven, that's 14 days you've just lost. And it's impossible to keep the momentum up. So it's got to be, you've got to give yourself ridiculous goals and push like crazy and realize that they're not impossible because by the time you get 
close to that goal, you're so you're going to so overshoot that goal that you should got to be thinking for your next set of crazy goals. And Bob, you did something very smart. You 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 invest in yourself one year in advance. You put down the money and you say, you know what, screw that. I'm going to just do it. I'm not. You're not going in. You know what? Can I try kind of for 30 days and and and, and kind of test drive it if I don't like it? Or do you have any, any kind of 30 day free trial with that kind of mentality? How can you succeed? You're saying, you know what? I'm going to put some skin in the game. I'm going to put. I'm going to for one year. I'm going to show up every day. Make sure I get my my val- my money's worth. And, and that's the attitude. That's the kind of attitude that, that makes you successful. You see, this is this all we're talking about, Bob. I mean, this is not rocket science, and, and this is simple stuff. But easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, like everything in life, it's always always easier said than done. And and you know, ironically, I'll advise a lot. I'll be sitting down advising somebody, and I'll be saying, "Oh, you should do this and this and this." It sounds so obvious. It sounds so easy. At the end of that conversation. I always say this, all those things we talk about, you're talking four months of very, very hard work. So we got to get on it. What are you going to accomplish next week? Just to try and give them a boost, just to try and get them going towards those ideas and stuff. And nine times out of 10, if I call those people up a month later, I said, how many of those things have you accomplished? 90% of them will say, ah, yeah, I got busy doing this. I got busy doing that. Well, you're never going to be successful if that's what happens. And the great thing is, it's like you might be thinking, you might be listening. Well, but isn't there a lot of? Isn't it very hard? Like, when, when does life become easy? Well, let me tell you this: if you're willing to do what others are not willing to do for a few years, you're willing to put in the effort, you can have what other people cannot have for the rest of your life. I mean, I worked my ass off. I was working seven days a week. I was working 15, 16 hour days for like for the first five years in business. Then when you become successful, now you can give back. Now you can relax. Now you can take vacations. Now you can buy the things that you want. You can enjoy life. But before that, guess what? You haven't earned the right to do that yet. Well, you know, too, I think what happens with a lot of people that get into this right mental state and are pushing forward and are setting goals and and managing their time, when they hit that's like, wow, I got a couple hundred thousand dollars left over in the bank I could play with. They don't care about the money anymore. They want to do more. They're driven by getting things done. That becomes the monetary value to them. After a while, I mean, after a while, when, once you ha- I tell all my mentees the same thing. Once you, once you get the home, you get the house you want, you get the car you want, you're taking a couple of vacations, you've got some in the bank. For most people, they're very happy. Uh, they're at a place where, you know what, life is pretty good. And and that changes you because now you don't have to focus on yourself. You're not focusing on survival, like you said. You're not focusing on survival or even security, financial. Now you can focus on more of, okay, you know what, maybe I, I want to donate some of my time. I want to do charity work. I want to give back. How could I do that? Uh, and, and that, you and funny thing is, when you do that, uh, you see the, the business, you know, business grows even faster. Money comes in even more faster. Uh, you're happier, and it's getting to that place. It's difficult for people to visualize and and kind of you know, visualize what it's like. But when you're there, you know what I mean. Yep, absolutely. Well, you know, it's another interesting thing too is you know if you're working on. Uh, the boards, like there's two types of way to give to charities, right? Well, there's three. There's like here, here, here's some money. That's one way to give. That's the laziest and the worst way to give. The second one is, oh, I'm going to donate my time as a worker bee and put, you know, stickers on labels or whatever. And then the third person 
is the person that sits at the board and tries to grow the vision of that charity or the vision of that organization to so it can become successful. And that's three. those are the three fundamental differences in people. You've got to run your life like you're going there and managing that charity to make it more sustainable so they don't have to go to the government every year to ask for more money and driving it forward. So why can't you do that with your life? I agree. I agree. And it's, and the third the third way, realize that you need entrepreneurial skills to do that. So and then that's the one that has the highest highest leverage, and that's the one that would has the the the, the longevity and 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 you know stability and all all those things. So I absolutely agree with that. You know, it's interesting. There was an amazing TED talk about a guy saying that we run charities the wrong way. They should be run like businesses. They should be more uh, self sustaining. Uh, and it's mind-blowing, this guy's conversation, where he's saying, look, at three years ago, we were asking for a million dollars from people to give us a million dollars so we could spend it. Now, we're asking for $20,000 and doing a million dollars worth of work with that 20000 You know, where's the value? It Obviously, it's the company that can take $20,000 and get a million dollars worth of value instead of taking a million dollars and then just try to keep chundling along, figuring out a way to get the next million dollars. Yeah, and even I say, you know, even nonprofit needs profit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if anything, nonprofit uh, needs more marketing because you're selling intangibles. Uh, you need the best marketing. You need the most uh, emotionally charged marketing. Uh, you need some of the best marketers working for those companies so they could raise money and help more people. Uh, I, I, I cannot agree with that more. Yeah, and you know, it, it's interesting. It's the same thing with the arts. Um, I remember talking to uh, some people in. Uh, they had a theater, and I went in there like with, with all my businesses that I that uh, I'm trying to help out, and say, okay, well, we've got to revision you guys. We've got to make the experience more interesting. Bam, 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 bam. And they said, but but we just need a brochure. And I said, no, you don't need a brochure. <laughs> you, the brochure's not working. That is not the way to be doing this. You've got to reinvent your theater if you want people to come to it. And Unless you get that fundamental thing, your brochures aren't going to do you anything because you're just communicating what everybody else is communicating. Correct. They, they were still thinking of selling a, a service. Uh, you are thinking of how to sell an experience. Exactly. And that's what makes people come back. Yep, exactly. Hey, um, before we run out of time, what's a big shout out that you can give to our li- listening audience so they can start working towards a more successful and happy life today? Uh, number one, I think, first of all, they could go to my website and they could, you know, we're talking about my book, F You Money. They only need to go to Amazon. They go to my website and download it for free. Um, I'm giving that book away. So you can go to www.danlock.com danlock.com forward slash F U money. So www.danlock.com forward slash F U money. And they could download the book for free. Uh, read the book. Uh, I think that would be helpful for them. And, and second thing is, uh, I believe if you are in in any kind of entrepreneurial endeavors and you're in, in business, uh, you need to surround yourself with, with people, good people. Um, and that's I'm talking about forming your own mastermind group, uh, getting a, a mentor, someone who's been there and done that and that helps you. Um, I am I cannot be where I'm today without my mentors. Um, currently, I have three men, business mentors, but over the years, I've had a lot of different coaches and, and mentors. Uh, I believe you need to find someone 
who who share the same values, share the same goals, who is there to kind of push you out of your comfort zone, and who's there to help you to avoid some mistakes. And I believe any entrepreneur, you need to find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree 100%. And with that, I have to say thank you, Dan the Man Locke, for coming on the show and uh, sharing some of your amazing, amazing value. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it, and I hope your listeners find some value out of the conversation. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that show, and do me a favor and tweet about it. Follow us on Facebook if you haven't done that already. We really appreciate it. See you next week. 